People, welcome to the Shubbison Podcast. We're here to Chris J. All the sports and loves me back, people. On my podcast, we discuss the hottest topics in both the NFL and NBA, people. Please subscribe now and tune in. People, I'm back once again. I got a special guest today. I got my guy, Mr. Greg Rector from Nuts and Boat Sports. Knows the sports. He loves the sports. He's back once again. People, we here. Mr. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm blessed. Blessed to be here in the flesh, talking sports with you, Greg, Raptors, sports fan. We here. We got to talk about sports. So many great topics. KD. Kyrie, Baker Mayfield, the whole nine yards. We here. Let's get it on, Mr. Gray. Let's get it on. Sounds good to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So what's your thoughts about, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant wanting out of Brooklyn? Because all the talk has been all about them the past couple of weeks. Kyrie wants out. KD requested a trade. Just a whole madness going on in Brooklyn. So tell me your thoughts about the situation in Brooklyn right now. Oh, I, I actually, at the time when this all started, I said that this is not going to work. When you go back and look at the team that they had when they had Karis LeVert and they had Jared Allen and Kenny Atkinson was coaching them, yeah, they were losing games, but they, were, they weren't getting blown out by people. They were competing. They were putting something together. Then they decide to get rid of Atkinson. They decide to blow these young kids out of the, out of the situation because they decided – Kyrie, Harden, and KD. Let's get these three buddies together. 44 games is all they got together. I would call that one of the biggest failures in history. I mean, truly. That is just pathetic, right? Um, and then they, they added what should have been the big piece for this year, right? They're going to have all these three together, but then they're going to have Ben. Simmons with them. No, they're not. James Harden scooted out of town. He's gone. Kyrie wants out. Katie wants out. Ben's all by himself. Um, I unfortunately, you know, you can joke around about it, but uh, Ben's going to have issues real soon again. Um, you can just see it coming now, right? Because nobody wants to play with me. You know, uh, it, it's really such a mess. Um, the owner, Josai, I have no idea how he has not fired Sean Marks. I really don't. I mean, Sean Marks, he put a lot out there on the table to, to get this all put together. Look at all the picks that Houston owns that belongs to the Nets now, right? And all that other sort of stuff. Everything that was involved in bringing Simmons in. Um, they're a mess. Just a complete mess. And does it hurt my feelings? No, because as you also know, I'm not big on these guys trying to buy their way to be together and 
try to win titles together. It did not work every year for Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. Um, it hasn't worked in other cases either. I want to see teams develop together. Those are the teams I enjoy watching because you see the growth. You see them succeed together. That's what that's what a team sport's about. Okay. I agree. I definitely agree, Mr. Gray, too. Like, I feel like uh, talking about the all-time great teams that started dynasties, had dynasties, and won so many championships, they they drafted players and developed well and developed that chemistry over time, and they were so great together. And to be honest, that's the best way to do it because you did it the right way instead of trying to buy your way to a championship. With Golden State, with Steph Curry, Clay Tillman, Draymond Green, the foundation, and they surrounded the players to help them out. Outside of Kevin Durant, everybody else was homegrown. Think about the, the Bulls in the 90s, Michael Jordan, Pippen, Bill yep. Cartwright, Horace Grant. It was so many players. They were homegrown. The Lakers, Magic, Worthy, uh, Byron Scott, and the list goes on. Michael Cooper. Cooper, it was so many great players, and they won championships. Why? Because they developed and trusted the players they got. Of course, the Kareem were traded there, but for the most of their players they got, they were homegrown. But and Kareem had been traded there years before the others I came agree. into town, right? I mean, Kareem became a Laker in 75. He didn't get magic there until 79-80, and then Worthy and everybody else etc right so that was even a different scenario altogether they they built around knowing they had kareem and then they drafted those pieces and built it that way a little bit different and right? what i think these they would players try to try to say that back then they had super teams okay they had a lot of hall of famers on the team but they were drafted there and they developed players that's not the same. Just just joining forces with homeboys and playing together and being drafted and developed is not the same. Because basically, no. you you built your team the correct way. Didn't trade. You built your team. Most of your core players, you drafted them. You seen the growth development, and y'all yep. became great that way. Y'all really built your way to a championship. That's a difference. Team it, is hard, it is harder and harder to do that in the era of free agency, of course, right? But you can still keep enough of a core together to get the job done. I agree. And so that's been the issue with Brooklyn. Of course, Katie was came there, Kyrie. But me personally, of course, you know why Katie wants to leave because Kyrie's shenanigans and other things as well. But me personally, I feel like Katie should want to stay in Brooklyn because why? He will. He needs to win a championship with him as the driver. He's not riding co-side. He's the driver. I don't, I don't. I don't know about that. I really don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you got the ring on your fingers, and that's the bottom line. You know, you were a part of a successful team. Do you have to be the number one guy on a team to in order to be? You know, look how many rings Worthy has. James Worthy was never the number one guy in the Lakers, right? So I don't buy into that. I think that's media hype where, uh, like, all this push that they had about Steph being a finals MVP. 
Dude already had three rings. I don't care about no MVP award. I got those three rings. I got that bonus money. You're right. You know? I agree. That, I agree. To me, that's more important than the individual accolade. And again, I think that's one thing that, that is so wrong in the world of sports now, especially in team sports, is putting one guy on a team above all else. Never. I just I don't like that. I really, really don't like it. Um, it takes away from the actual word team. There is no I in team. There's no individual. You are you are an individual, but that you are you're a piece of a puzzle. And it takes a lot to have that puzzle fit correctly in order to, at the end of the day, lift the Stanley Cup, hold the uh, Larry O'Brien or Lombardi Trophy. It's still, at the end of the day, a team effort, right? And, and that's and that's what's got that's what's lost for so many people. Like I, I couldn't stand all that talk in the finals about step, 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 step. Clay is out there. Jordan Poole is out there. Andrew Wiggins is out there. James Looney is out there. It's the Golden State Warriors. It's not Steph Curry. But every year, this is what we get. You know? I feel like the media, you know, they just try to make it. They try to paint a picture their way and try to yeah. say to win, you have to do this, 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 this. But most people in the media, they never played sports in a day in their life. They're just a lot of them. A lot of them can't even. A lot of them can't throw a bag of rice in the ocean. They can't throw a skittle in the ocean. They have no basketball knowledge whatsoever. So that's the issue. Players probably don't like from the media, but you get some stuff. Some stuff I feel like they go overboard with. But me personally, um, with Kyrie Irving, I feel like why he he did KD wrong because basically he. He begged KD to come play with him in Brooklyn. And when KD came and played with him, Kyrie's pulling all these shenanigans, don't yeah. want to play basketball, don't want to show up, don't want to be held accountable, don't want to get the vaccine, be a part-time player, miss most of the games because you're not there, get hurt, you come back part-time, not getting the vaccine. He basically killed the season for the Nets because the Nets came in his favor this past season to win the championship favor but Kyrie Irving don't want to get a vaccine understand sometimes your beliefs yes but when you're playing a team sport sometimes you got to put stuff above you your team your brothers right. your partners because yep. this is a team sport and you know what you signed up for and and these got the whole team got the vaccine because they want to sacrifice Kyrie Irving don't want to sacrifice. I, I'm not getting it. And then, yep. Greg, until this past season, I had never heard of a part-time player. I'm like, a part-time player? I'm like, what's that? In the NBA, a part-time player, a player that, that only plays role game. I'm like, in my whole life, I've never heard of a part-time player. Never heard of that. And then playing basketball – who wants to be a part-time player? Like just playing away games. That that doesn't even sound right. But Kyrie Irving, that's what he wanted. And then I feel like Brooklyn did. They put their foot down, but then they let Kyrie was uh, a great talent. We need him. So be part-time. 
that's what it messed up at. Sometimes in life, you got to stand firm on your decision and not move. I don't care who you are. You got to follow these rules. You're yeah. a great talent, but no, yeah. you're not above the NBA. Yeah. And and basically, I mean, we are in an era now where the players have the leverage over the owners, right? I mean, the owners for decades were absolutely way out of control with how much control they had over players. But I think we've gone too far the other way. They need to come up with a balance here. They need to find a better balance to this because guys are wanting out. Guys are demanding new contracts way too quickly. Um, and owners are caving into them. Uh, this scale that they have, can you imagine? 85 games in three years, and that kid in New Orleans Zion gets Williams. 193, and it could go to 231? He's played 85 games in three years. What? That's out of whack. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money, and he hasn't played much because really he's missed – Really missed all this past season. Then a year before that, Zion missed most of the games. Then, but I feel now, like his rookie his rookie season he only played twenty four. Second year we got all the way up to sixty one, and then nothing. So eighty five games in his career, and he's suddenly available to that much money. I mean that's that's not that's not how the reward system should work. I agree. Um, I agree. Zion's a great talent. I feel like sometimes with contracts, they look at what the player will be the next four or five years. So, and then too, they really didn't have an option to. I feel like because they had to pay the guy, the kid, and maybe so that's why he got the money. But Zion knew he was getting that big contract, you know. So it just really these days, players don't have to really show a lot to get a big contract. They can yeah. do. Little we get paid so much sometimes. And they know and they know if they stay with that that original team, they've got it for five years, not four, right? Five years. So and these days about getting the bag. The bag yep. is more important than winning a championship. Of course, money is very important because you gotta live a living, you gotta raise family, kids, people. Yes, we get that. But I feel like for an example, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill signed, I believe, a 240 something million dollar contract for five years. And Bradley Bill's like his whole career, for the most part, he's been losing in Washington. And I'm thinking, Bradley, do you want to win and compete for a championship? Sometimes take a little less to, to, to go to a team where, where you can contend for a championship and compete, and people can see you on the biggest stage at the playoffs and play in big he, games. But he and Dame both like where they are. And if a player makes that choice, that we can't we can't deny them that choice, right? You're right. You're right. I mean, Dame loves Portland. Bradley loves Washington. Well, what can you do? You they do don't want to move elsewhere. They want right. to play, and and you know you got to admire the fact that because we, we don't we don't see yeah we don't see that much right, I especially agree. because free agency has come up. Uh, we don't see guys playing their entire career in the NBA. Some in the NFL, 
but to see guys play their entire career in the NBA for one franchise is rare, rare, rare. Well, I will say this though: Bradley Bill and and Damian Lillard, they're not on the levels of of, of certain players. So if Bradley Bill or or Damian Lillard don't win a championship, nobody's not really going to care to be honest, because they're great. I mean, they're good players, but they're not top tier players like a Kobe or LeBron or Michael or Magic players like that or Shaq. But, but the other thing to, to put into that is is a Bradley Beal or Damian Lillard the type who would be able to succeed in a market like Los Angeles or New York? Their personalities would say no. Right? Not right. They can play there. Why do you think the Knicks cannot get free agents other than the fact that Dolan is the worst owner alive? <laughs> Nobody wants to go to that meat grinder of a media market. It's, that is a meat grinder on you. That is Media City, New York. That's Media City. That's that's the yeah. cream of the crop in media. I'm going to switch it up some. Um, what's your thoughts about Kyrie Irving? And should the Lakers try to trade for him? Like, what would you <laughs> do if you were, like, would you try to trade for Kyrie Irving or would you just not trade for him? Now, Chris, you know better than to ask this UNC fan if he's ever going to trade for a Dookie. I mean, come on. No. <laughs> that, that, that's no. I mean, in, in my basketball GM war room, you put, up a, you put up a kid's name from that school and I'm going to fire you. You're gone. Get out of here. Or the, mini, the, the uh, Austin Powers movies where he dumps the guys down in the pit of fire, right? You said he was went to what school? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, Westbrook Kyrie, because Russell, I mean, obviously didn't work out. I didn't, again, this was another situation I said, going into it, no, no, no. I, it just had disaster spelled all over it, right? And I don't, as great as LeBron is as a player, his fascination with playing with certain players over the years, and it went back to Miami, it carried on um, and has carried on, and his agent uses a lot of this as leverage for with, with teams and all that other stuff too. That's got to stop. I'm the general manager. I'm the owner. We'll decide who's playing here. Your job is to do your job on the court with whoever is on the court with you. That that's where it's got to go. But no more of this nonsense about my my buddy and I have to play together. No, you don't. You can still be best friends and be in two different cities. That it's just got to stop. I'm gonna ask you a question. Um, obviously you're a Raptors fan, and you know there has been some some. You know, just some talks about certain teams wanting to trade for Kevin Durant. And one team that came up on ESPN or a show was the Raptors. Obviously, yep. you, you're a Raptors fan, die hard. If you were the Raptors and you were Masai Ujiri, would you try to trade for Kevin Durant? But the Raptors have some great young talent, great core, great, some fun talent to watch. Would you trade for Kevin Durant if you had the opportunity to? 
on on the terms that it, that would still work where I had pieces that I could yeah, play somewhere. you still have pieces to contend for a championship. My, my I wrote about it at NBS um, Raptors deal or no deal. My maximum thing that I would the maximum that I would ever go and and this isn't even something that I would really want to consider. But I said, Precious Achua, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, and Pitts would be my preferred offer. If I had to go one step further, you're not getting Siakam away from me. No. You're going to get Fred Van Vliet. You want an all-star caliber player? Van Vliet's been to the all-star game. There's your all-star. That would be the absolute maximum that I would go. But we're seeing and hearing that the value teams are placing upon both Kyrie and and uh, KD is less than what the Nets want. And that's going to be obvious, right? Negotiations are give and take. Both sides are not going to get everything they want. What I think will happen is the Pacers will do the sign-in trade. They're going to take the Suns out of the out of the uh, equation because DeAndre Ayton won't be there. Miles Turner isn't going to be enough of a return for the, for the Nets to have any interest in doing a deal with the Suns at that point, if that's the sign-in trade that ends up happening. What does that leave? It leaves Toronto. Right. Miami Miami's not going to part with, with, with the players that uh, the Nets are talking either. They don't have the same amount of draft capital. The Raptors have the draft capital. And they have players. I agree. Because about Miami, I was thinking they don't have enough because nobody really wants. I mean, Brooklyn does not want Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. And then with the rookie extension for contracts, you can't trade for Bam out of Bayou. So you can't do that either. So it's like, why would I trade Katie to Miami and get who? Some role players? No, because and then Katie wants to go there to play with Butler or Bayou or even Phoenix with Booker and Paul. He he wants to play with those guys. But I feel like what messed it up was the Minnesota Timberwolves over trading for Rudy Gobert. They're, they gave too much to the Jazz for him, and that kind of messed the market up to a degree, in yeah. my opinion. Because yep. Gobert is a good player, yes, but he's not a great player or a transcending player. He's good, no. but you he's, know they overtrade for him. He does his thing at one end of the floor. Gobert is a defensive stopper. He alters shots galore and all that other stuff. We know this, but he's not. He's not a threat offensively. He's he's actually. Terrible in the offensive end. He's not. And then this too. In the playoffs, when teams go small, he can't guard one through five. He can't when 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 when, when a Steph Curry's out there switch, he can't guard a Steph Curry out there. So really, last year versus the other uh, Clippers, they exposed him. They had to take him out the game because he couldn't guard because they went small the Clippers. They went small, and that's when the, the Jazz. They couldn't do anything. So really, getting those fair doesn't really solve your issue because teams play small in the playoffs. They, they did it again to them this year. You just go five out. You just play perimeter ball, 
Uh, hope you're making your threes, and if you do, that's how you beat the Utah Jazz. They're, so, done. they're done. They're, they're done. They're done. They're, they're cooked. I agree. It's like so getting him like that kind of messed the market up. But I feel like eventually the Nets got to come to their senses. Hey, teams are not finna over trade to get Kevin Durant, and then this. Kevin Durant in three years has only played 90 games. And then yep. he's only played 90 games. And then he kind of really been injury prone the past couple of years. And he, he'll be 34 years old in September. So why would I give you the form to get a guy that's about to be 34 years old? He's kind of injury prone. He's still in his prime. Yep. But why would I trade my young assets that's 10 to 12 years younger? And of course, and of course everything, you saw, everything you saw out of Brooklyn right away was Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes. There is no way that Masai Ujiri is going to let you have the rookie of the year. And there, no way. No Absolutely way. not. He, he was never no. going to be a part of this. No way. And of course, it's just the, the, the typical narrative of the biggest names have to be involved, right? Da, 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 da. No. Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green came to Toronto. For DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Right? I mean, it's not the biggest set of names that ever was out there in a trade. I agree. But it was a basketball trade. And that's what this is. A basketball trade. You have a 34-year-old guy, 27.2 a night. Okay. But, man, like you said, the injuries... He hasn't played full seasons. He hasn't. He hasn't at all. Yet well, he, ha he hasn't played a full season in years. Yeah, it's it's like a diminishing return on Tyron Smith of the Cowboys. I mean, you know that Tyron, left tackle, when he's out there, fantastic, but he's going to miss three, five, six games a year, right? Uh, what do you do in those games at the hardest position on the field? Because right? really, um. This year, when Brooklyn was the top seed in the East, they were the top seed, but Kevin Durant got hurt and missed like 21 games, and they dropped from the one seed to all the way to the eighth or ninth seed in and, yeah. and, and, and the play-in. And then during that time, Kyrie was only playing part-time. And so, yeah. like, stuff, stuff like that happened, like messed up why your second-best player – is don't want to eat a vaccine who doesn't care about winning, obviously, who see his best players down, but still is not he refuses for the vaccine. No, I'm not getting it. I'm not but, getting it. And like I said, it was a complete mess. It's one of the biggest failures in the history of trades and deals out there, uh, free agent signings, whatever you want to do, call it. The Brooklyn Nets experiment. Is absolutely a fail. I agree. Fail top to bottom. Um, now look at the Raptors, right? All those years where Chris Bosch was there, they didn't win 48 games. When Vince Carter was there, they didn't have a 48 game win season. This bunch that they've got now, they, they won 48 games. They only had. There are five guys that should have been their starters. They only had them together 23 games because of COVID again, Siakam's injury, OG's injuries, Fred Witt missed games. You know, I really missed. They only, they only played 23 games together 
and they still went out and won 48 games? What the hell they managed? How will they manage to do that? Because they built this team to be together, and they developed them. Develop players. Development is very special. Of course, this offseason has been very busy with so many additions, with free agency, with trades, things of that nature. Which team, in your opinion, has had the best offseason in the NBA as far as just from the time the season ended until now with the free agency and trades that they've made? Which team do you feel like has made has made the biggest splash? Not so much a splash, um, but very solid moves. And I hate to say it, being a lifelong Lakers fan, uh, it's that team in Boston. They got what they needed. A true point guard in Brogdon, right? They don't have to worry about using Smart the combo guard as much. He can be off the ball. Um, they've got a point guard. They brought in a guy like Gallinari, a veteran shooter. Uh, uh, it's Boston. They've had the most solid. I agree. I was I was thinking the same thing because today when I when I was taking notes, I was like, Boston has had the best offseason because all the question marks they met, had, had, they saw them now. Now you got a true point guard and Brogdon. Brogdon takes pressure off Tatum and Brown and Smart because first off, Tatum and Brown, they're not really playmakers. They're scorers. And now you got a point guard that takes the, the the pressure off them. And now that takes more pressure off Marcus Smart. Now they have another guy that can play, make, and score the ball. And then adding Gallinari, another shooter who's a veteran who can get buckets and get hot. He's making sports spacing. Boston yeah. right now, they are my favorites in the Eastern Conference right now. Of course, things can happen. But right now, what they added – and then what they've already had, the Boston Celtics are they are a team that's ready to make that next jump, which is an NBA championship in winning. They could they could be. They, they could they seriously could, do it. You know, they got they've got to obviously have the health healthy bodies at the right yeah. time to get it done. Being healthy uh, is plays a key part as well. Yeah, yeah. You watched you watched those playoffs last year and while those playoffs were going on, you saw a lot of, especially on Twitter, that Tatum is top five. He's, he's not top, top five. five he's he's top five. Oh, yeah, but we kept seeing it, though, yeah. right? It was all. I've never once in my life of 50 years of watching basketball heard of a top five player who was so indecisive with the basketball. He was completely indecisive. That's why he had. The record for turnovers in a playoff. A hundred. A hundred turnovers yeah. in a playoff season. That was that's crazy. A hundred. He, he he just doesn't have the have the killer instinct in him, I guess. Because a lot of those times he should have just been, he shouldn't have been looking to dish off. He he's supposed to be the man. Get the job done. I agree. And my thing is this. How is your favorite player, Kobe Bryant, and you have no killer in your body whatsoever? Like, what are you doing? Like, in, in the press conferences, he's like, you know, who said I was a superstar? You know, that, that I tell somebody that, you know, uh, who said I was a superstar? It's like, 
being that guy, you should embrace that moment because yep. you've been waiting for this moment for a long time. But when he got to the moment, it seemed like it was too big for him because if he would have played better, and you're playing in Boston. The garden, had man, well, this isn't the garden anymore. This yeah, is yeah. This, call it the garden, right? Not, it's not the real deal. It's still that ugly parquet floor, but hey. But this is this is where Russell played. This is where Havlicek played. And Bird and McHale. Those guys were nasty, mean. They would kill you for that ball, a loose ball. They wanted that rocket, and they didn't turn it over. They weren't turnover machines. Didn't you learn anything about the Celtics' history, Jason? Do you not understand history? That is a That's the way the Celtics have played, right? That's why. That's why they were successful all those years. They wanted it, and they would get it. That's you know, as much as I hate them. I, I always had to give them their respect, their due, right? You're right. Even, you're though, right. I, even though I'm a Lakers fan. It is, <laughs> yeah. Right. Definitely. I'm a Lakers fan, too. Uh, the Celtics, they, uh, they, the Golden State was a better team, but it, it definitely showed you they were very inexperienced. Yeah. It showed in moments because Jalen Brown, he was the second guy that led in turnover behind Tatum. I think he had like six day turnovers his whole playoffs. And like their first, their two best players led the playoffs in turnovers. And it's like the decision they made was just like sometimes you would scratch your head. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, y'all forcing stuff that's not there. But I yeah. feel like sometimes in, in, in sports, you got to gain experience. And they definitely gain experience. So we definitely got to. See what happens. Got to change up to football real quick. Obviously, Baker Mayfield traded to the Panthers, you know, for a fifth-round draft pick going to Cleveland, I mean, for, um, you know, trading him. So, with Baker Mayfield, all, all he's been through the past couple of years and his past season, playing hurt, not playing his best, being a number one draft pick in that 2018 draft with the high expectations, What's your thoughts about Baker Mayfield and him being in a new city, new town, new scenery, new players, new coach? Do you feel like would that be a good move for him or a good fit for him being a Panther now? Well, he's not going into you know an organization filled with strengths, right? Um, and here's where the, here's where the problem came because Cleveland have built a team that along the trenches both sides of the ball considered to be top end uh, offensive line top end defensive line with miles garrett and Clowney and all those guys that they had there their offensive line was stacked to where cleveland was lacking was getting the right connections from baker to this receiver baker to the to the tight end I never understood the Austin Hooper signing for Cleveland. I never did. I never understood Austin Hooper going to Cleveland. I never thought he was a fit. Um, he never really lit it up there, right? David and Yoku, now thirteen million dollars a season. I thought him and Mayfield had that 
type of, you know, the chemistry. Yeah. It wasn't there with Hooper. And other receivers, as we all, we all know his name, um, that there was no connection with. Yeah, you're right. Right? Um, so it was just, again, it, I always keep saying, I keep reminding people that every aspect of this has to work in order for a team to win the title, right? Or to be highly successful, whatever way you want to look at it. Coaches, players, the scheme, it, it all has to fit at the right time. It had to fit at the right time. It, and it just didn't. It. So we'll see what happens with, with Carolina, right? I'm not I'm not going to say that Baker Mayfield is going to take the Panthers to a playoff spot this year or anything like that. It's a work in progress because there's missing pieces in Carolina. I agree. Um, I feel like Baker, you know, I feel like now it's going to be, well, first off, it's going to be a journey because – he was in Cleveland. You had a, a great running game, good old line, pretty good receivers. And now you go into a situation where you're pretty much got to learn a whole new system, new scheme on the fly. Because Sam Darnold, he, he's been there for the past couple of years. Well, his past year or so. And he knows that system, knows the playbook. Baker got to learn the playbook. So it's, it's going to be a journey. So he may not start. By the start of the season, he may be coming off the bench or backup QB. And so it's just like, got to see basically who's the better man between Baker and Sam Darnold. So right well, now. This, that, shouldn't even be a close, that shouldn't even be a close contest. Sam Darnold is, um, he's a one-year wonder. He had a great junior year in college. But if you had based his uh, his draft, and that's what he was drafted upon, was that junior season. Because his senior season was terrible. <laughs> then he goes to a terrible organization in the Jets, and they just completely messed him up. He walks into this nightmare that is Carolina last year. Sam Darnold is the backup quarterback because there's going to be too much pressure in Carolina. We just dealt with this guy. We're, we we got to get him out there. It's going to be Baker. I agree. I think Baker's by far the better quarterback. He'd be more battle-tested. So I definitely feel like Baker's better. And I feel like Baker's going to have something to prove, a chip on his shoulder, because really the past couple of years he's been low-balled. You know, you know, of course he's had his moment. He has to be a better leader and, and make his teammates better around him. Because tr- true leaders, they make everybody better in that franchise better yeah. every day and don't point the finger. And then – don't be childish. Be an adult in the room. Baker, Baker yeah. has to be better at that. And now he at the bottom again, basically, because you are a number one pick, but you got traded. Why? Because they felt like you were not good enough. They felt, of course, Deshaun Watson, he is a better quarterback when he's playing. But Watson has not played all his past year. And then with well, all, the, all the allegations he's dealing with right now, they still pay fully guaranteed money for this guy. And you were right there. So they, they felt like with all the baggage with Watson, we still want him over you. So basically, Baker, they slapped him in the face and said, kick rocks, leave my house, and don't come back. That's what they well, said. Well, we're going to find out We're going to find out week one because it's Panthers and Browns week one. So right? I, I hope Baker starts. And then, kind of like when you're – your ex-girlfriend says, leave my house, 
I don't want you no more. I don't love you. I have a new man and he's moving in today. Get out, kick rocks. I want nothing to do with you. Leave. I don't love you no more. You are not love my life anymore. So basically, Baker, we're going to find out how great will he respond. We have, we, we shall see. And then got to jump to Cleveland for a second. But Sean Watson, with all that he's been going through the past couple of months, it seemed like years because all these allegations, all these women keep coming out that he accused this, did this, did that. And right now, um, he's allegedly he's been innocent because really nothing came out that he's guilty of anything, really. So what's your thoughts about his situation? And then, you know, do you think he's going to miss any time this year? Or will the uh, Cleveland Browns you don't, you do, you, give him a bypass? You no, you do not sign Jacoby Brissett without knowing your other starting quarterback is in trouble. They knew. They knew. The problem that the that everybody else has with what they did with Watson was guaranteeing the full amount. That's oh, you guarantee this guy everything. The whole sink, the whole kitchen sink is guaranteed. Guy. The whole house he is. The last time he played, his team was four and twelve. They were four and twelve, and then he was demanding his way out of town before all this other noise came out. Then all this other stuff happened. You think in this era, with everything that's going on, that 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 there's not going to be a suspension? You don't yeah. have to be guilty. You don't have to be criminally guilty. But when that many women, that many women come out and just uh, and, and women, women aren't going to come out and just say this for the good of their health. It's a they lot of say women. This. That's a lot, a right? Lot. It's got outrageous. I think one point it was like sixty-six women at one point. Like that's it's a lot right. of women, and it had me thinking. It's like Sean, bro. How many massages you need? From different women, like why you need yeah. so many massage therapists? Like, like I understand one or two or three, okay, but 10, 11, 12, yeah. 20, 30, like how many more do you need, man? You're only well, one person. Obviously, there's there's something that's going something on. Something not adding up. Because that's that, that, that's a totally abnormal, that's an abnormal thing, right? That's just that's like, why you need so many women massaging you? Because really, most athletes they have the same massage therapy, the same eight. They have the same people that's doing them, like preparing yeah. them. Because really, like, really, you have about two people you trust that's proven that has great work, and you have the same group usually. But usually, he has an out. Maybe he like massages for different women. I don't know, but. Sean Watson gets as many massages. He, Sean gets as many massages as, as James Harden gets uh, lap dances. <laughs> That's a great comparison because uh, James Harden loved the nightlife, the strip club, the clubs. He loves that, and the Sean Watson, I guess, he loves the massages. He just loves loves the action from woman. I guess I don't know, but uh, but I wish him the best. Hopefully, he plays sometime this year because, but. 
he's probably definitely getting some games suspended. Me personally, I feel like they may give him eight games, miss half the season without pay because last year he didn't play, but he still got paid. And so that's the thing, you know, so it's I, like, okay. I think he still ends up missing a whole year. I won't be and, surprised. And, and, and everything gets pushed back. If he misses this season, his whole contract gets pushed back by one year, etc. Um, like I said, in this temperature, in this climate out there with everything going on in the world, the NFL does not want another black mark. They just don't. I agree. Especially based upon what this one is, right? No. Uh, the if if you want to call if you want to call the old boy network uh, finally woke, uh, oh this one's not good. This is not good. I agree, I agree. Well, first off, Mr. Greg, appreciate you just coming on the show once again. Had some great topics, some great you know great real talks about sp latest sports stuff, basketball, football. It's a privilege to bring you on the show once again. You always talk. Keep it real, and you know your sport, so it's always an honor to have you on this platform. I always enjoy being here with you, Chris. Definitely, definitely. Um, just tell the people what you got going on right now with Nuts and Moat Sports or just go going on up here with the sports life, what's going on? Uh, well, I do my uh, Greg's Gripes podcast, which you can find at NBS. Uh, I do Cowboys Corners articles. I I. Also, uh, you may have you may have read my rant today about being an old person and <laughs> appreciating the actual history of a sport versus today's recency bias that only today's athletes are great. Um, yes, I went on a tirade, um, but I'll do stuff like that. Yes, sir. It keeps me out of trouble. Yes, it gets sir. Me in trouble, as well, as the case may be. It's great to hear people. Y'all heard Mr. Greg Rector, knows the sports, knows the stuff. There's a lot of stuff, nuts and bolts sports, sports in general, talks, articles, the whole nine yards, people. He knows the stuff. And guess what, people? He loves the sports, and the sports love him back, too. He has a relationship with the sports. So, Mr. Greg, people, we love y'all. We out. Have a blessed day. Thank y'all once again. Tune in and watch Greatness Every Day. We out. Peace.